Tired of settling for less than the best with your team's dry land program? SwimStrong Dryland is the answer you've been looking for. With world-class dryland programming for every age group, customized to fit your team's needs, nutritional coaching and education centered on the latest evidence-based research, leadership training and character development to promote an athlete-driven culture, sports psychology education and mental skills training, coaches' corners to promote collaboration, data-driven performance analysis, and an unrivaled family of athletes, coaches, and teams, Fast Swimming starts here. All right, back again with Todd DeSorba. How you doing, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Of course. Listen, we caught up a couple of years ago and you were kind of on uh, an uphill trajectory. You know, you were at the start of this run. I think I think you just won your first national title, maybe somewhere around that. And we're kind of creeping. And now, mate, it's it's been three in a row. Um, you look, I mean, your women's team just looks unbeatable. It's just incredible. The, the team you've put together over the last three or four years, mate. So congratulations on that. Thanks, man. Has it been that long? Has it mm, been that I think long? it was, was 2021. 20, well, our full podcast. I mean, we've caught up, obviously, yeah. on the pool deck. I've come I've come to watch you guys perform, and we caught up then. But um, in terms of like a full podcast, it's been a while that you and I have sat down and kind of analyzed some stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, time flies, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does. And, and um, mate, you don't uh, sit around and wait for, for much. You're, you're on the go all the time, mate. Eh? That's true. I think you have yeah. to be. I, yeah. I, well, I don't know if you have to be, but I enjoy that. I'd rather be on the go than sitting around doing, you know, doing nothing and being bored. That's for sure. And I've said this many times, I think, to pu publicly, anytime I'm with you, is like you have this energy, like that you, your mood doesn't change. You You seem to be up all the time and not up in a way that is off-putting it's just like you've got an incredible energy about it i don't know how you keep it up man seriously uh, <laughs> you know it's interesting because i don't know either really but I, I guess it's just kind of my personality but i i i think about like eddie reese and how long he's been doing this and i'm mm -hmm. like I, there's no way i am exhausted at the end of every day and not because i'm putting trying to put more into every day or, mm -hmm. or anything but I just enjoy it so much that I put a lot into it and our whole staff does. And so by the end of the day, I'm like ready to just, I'm exhausted and pass out. And I'm, and I, every day I'm like, I don't know how Eddie did this and, and is continuing to do this, you know, at that level. So yeah. uh, I don't think, I don't think I will be on the deck as long as Eddie Reese has been on the deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness to you, I mean, you're, you're running two teams right now, man. You got a full men's team, a full women's team. It's no joke. Uh, and I, look, I've, I've again said this publicly. I don't know how it's possible to do that fully effectively. And I think you're probably one of the very few that is managing it correctly and doing it well. But again, it, it's, there's a cost, right? Like it, you, at the end of the day, you're completely exhausted, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, um, Mate, well, listen, congratulations on the appointment of U.S. head coach you've, uh, for the women's team next year in Paris. I mean, that's a massive appointment. Again, you've just added something else to your plate, which, I, again, I don't know how you're doing that. But how, how are you going to balance between college and, and your, you know, the, the national stuff that you've got to do for next year in the lead up to Paris? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, really. Um, you know, I'm kind of waiting, you know, the at least as of now, the – uh, responsibilities from the Olympic perspective haven't been too too much. I mean, we've been to Colorado Springs a couple of times and we've had a handful of meetings. So it hasn't piled on that much to my plate. But I think that as we get closer to 
uh, the spring and, and certainly Olympic trials, it'll be significantly more. So, um, you know, when Anthony and I were head coaches at Worlds in 22, we got a little trial run through it, I guess. Obviously, the Olympics is a little bit more important and, and more intense and more work goes into it. But USA Swimming certainly does a really good job of um, leading us and planning everything out logistically. And they certainly they run things by us and they get our input. Uh, but they're doing most of the, you know, most of the legwork, which is really good. So, you know, I don't know how much of a balancing act it's going to end up being, but um, certainly Anthony and I will put a ton, you know, as much as we need to into it. And, and if not more, cause we want, you know, we want the U S to be successful and, and, you know, whatever role we can play to help, you know, the, the entire team be as successful as possible. We'll, we'll certainly do. Yeah. Um, so much to unpack here, man. It's, it's cool that I get to sit with you for a second and, and talk about some of this stuff, but just in terms of that, before we jump onto other things, if we're on this subject now, I mean, you guys are in for a battle. There's no doubt about it. You know this. So, you know, the, the Australian women had an incredible meet at, at Worlds. Um, you got Doha coming up, which is kind of a, a pit stop, but um, not many not many American female swimmers going to that one. But in terms of Paris, a little bit of a head-to-head battle with Australia right now, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I got to, you know – tip my hat to them because this past summer was amazing uh, for the Australians and certainly has, uh, you know, raised the game a little bit. And I think that's great. I think it's great for the sport. Um, you know, I, I look at it the same way as I do the college season, right? If, if our, if our college team can continue to get better, we're elevating everybody. Um, you know, the rising tide, what's that quote? A rising tide raises all boats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, any country, whether it's the Australians or, or anybody else for that matter is, taking the game up a level, then I think everybody else will rise to that occasion as well. And, you know, I, I look at the four by 100 free relay. That's, that's kind of a relay that I've all, I've been pretty passionate about for a long time. Um, all the way back to when Ryan Held made the Olympics in 2016 and, and had the opportunity to be on the gold medal relay in mm-hmm. Rio. Um, and now it's transitioned a little bit more to the women's side, but, you know, in 20, in Tokyo um, for in 21, I was assigned as, as, as assist, assistant coach, I was assigned all the assistant coaches were assigned to kind of lead particular mm. relays. And I was assigned the, the women's four by 100 free relay. And, and um, I, I, you know, have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder to help the U S women, um, you know, get back to the level they've been at, but it's been a long time. Um, it's been a long time since our women in the U S have challenged the Australians. And so, you know, I'm hopeful that um, we can, we can push, you know, towards narrowing that gap a little bit and, and challenging them a little bit more. And, you know, I think certainly they're going to keep doing what they're, they're going to do and um, we'll, we'll come chasing. And I think it'll just make for an exciting Olympics and a lot more fun. And there's a, obviously a lot more on the line in, on the Olympics than there is a world championship. So, um, you know, I think everybody around the world is working, you know, smarter and harder this year than any year. So it, it'll be exciting for sure. And, and, and again, I, I think that, what the Australians are doing is fantastic. And, um, you know, I think it'll, I think it'll help the Americans and everybody else around the world to be, to be better. Um, I would imagine that the Olympics is going to be pretty special. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, but, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be pretty fast, um, you know, and faster than probably um, than it's been in a long time. So it, it'll be exciting. Yeah, it, it is, man. And, and you're capable. Um, you've, you've got the horses, You've got the the knowledge. You've got the 
the willingness, you know, and, and you've also got the competitiveness. I know you and, and you're not going to sit around and, and lie around, and wait for somebody just to, to keep beating you up. You got, you guys are going to compete. You know, one thing I will say, I just spent uh, three weeks in Australia and I, and I got to um, spend some time at some of these programs and um, whether we think, think of this as an advantage or a disadvantage, I don't know. But when I'm looking at your plate, you know, you've got, you've got these two college teams that you're looking after and then on top of that, now you're you're the head coach of the U.S. Olympic women's team for next year. So there's a massive amount on your plate. When I look at a guy like Michael Bolitz, and I spent a couple of days with him, he's focused on getting Emma McKeon to swim as fast as possible, and that's his primary role. Like he's got 12 athletes, let's say, and 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 they're all preparing for Paris, and he's got one main role. I look at you, and you've got you've got a coach. 70 athletes and you've got to take on this so it's like to me it seems like uh, it's an unfair advantage to the australians right now where they're looking at high performance um and and putting a spotlight on it and saying we just want this group to swim as fast as possible and todd over here we want you to do all these things i mean it's it just seems like it's unfair in balance right now yeah i mean it's definitely different you know i'm not sure if i would call it unfair or um you know i i think that's seems to me to be pretty standard across the world outside of the US. Mm. Um, you know, the European countries, you know, Australia, the Asian countries, I think they're all, you know, right. their high level athletes are in a national training center or they're in little pockets where it's just it's just a handful of people and, and you know, one or two coaches focus on a couple of athletes. Obviously, the US is very different with the college system um, and, and even pro groups spread out all over the place. So. I mean, it's different. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I don't know that it's an advantage or disadvantage one way or the other. Um, I think it, you know, I think there's pros and cons to both, right? Like we've got, you know, I don't even have a pro group, right? I, I kind of coin our college team, like our college team is our pro group. Um, mm. But, you know, they're surrounded by 60 athletes and training together every day. Um, certainly we're focused on developing all of our athletes and um, in particular those who have Olympic potential. But, you know, I think that being surrounded by that many athletes day to day only helps them, motivates them, gets them excited, um, you know, helps them to push a little bit harder for, you know, what, at least in our college system is, you know, goals on the NCAA level that helps them kind of, um, you know, take catapult towards Olympic, you know, success after the NCAA season. So, but certainly the cons are, I, I have to focus on, 65 athletes rather than just three athletes um right. so it's definitely different there's you know there's pros and cons but um you know i don't think that's different right like i think the australians and everywhere everybody else around the world for that matter have been always doing that and the u.s has always been doing this and um you know both countries amongst others have been successful in their own right or you know traditionally and in, in, in historically so um it's just the nature of the beast and we do the best with what we've got yeah it's a good answer, man. I appreciate that. Um, there's there's definitely some talk in Australia that you know you swim 51 in the hundred freestyle, you may miss the an individual spot on the Olympic team. So it's there's definitely depth, um, and it, it seems like there's a gap uh, to the US. It doesn't seem like we we have that much that much depth over here, where it would, they just seem stacked with depth. So how how do you make up that ground in the next ten months? Yeah, it's wild, right? You you would think as big as the U S is, we would have equally as much depth. Um, you know, I think that 
um, obviously it's an individual by individual basis. Like we, we've got to get better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to challenge them. We just have to get better. Uh, we've got to get better individually right now. And over the next however many months we have to the Olympics. Um, and then we've got to perform better on that relay in that moment. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to break an American record or, or a world record or challenge for a gold medal, you've got to, you've got to have that, you know, beast mentality on a relay, which, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of our kids do, you know, in the NCAA level, they, they swim mm. relay splits that are out of their minds relative right. to their, their individual races. So we've got to, ha- we've got to have that mentality. So um, I think that, again, I think being an Olympic year, you know, here in the U S everybody's, you know, a, a little bit more focused, a little bit more disciplined. Um, you know, I, I do think that um, to make our Olympic team in, in the hunter free and, and to make our relay in hunter free is going to be, probably significantly faster than it's been in a long time. I mean, mm. I don't think it's ever taken under 54 to make our team, uh, at least in, at least in the last three to four years since I've been involved in Tokyo. Um, it, it, I mean, I can't even remember at this point, but you know, if it's been under 54 to make our top six slots, it's been like 53, nine. Yeah. Um, I know Kate Douglas made it in 22 and she went 53, nine. I think she was fifth, um, you know, and, mm. and made the relay. Um, you know, I, I, last year, I can't remember, but it might've been 53 high again to just to make the relay. I don't think it's going to be 53 high, you know, this year, I think it's going to be, you know, I think, you know, if you just look at us open and granted, you know, Siobhan was there and she won, but there were, you know, four or five us women under 54 and Kate Douglas didn't even swim it. So, you know, I think that to make our relay, it's going to, it will be significantly faster than it's ever been. And I think if the depth is better then the top end is going to be better because, you know, if you want the two individual slots, you're going to have to probably be better than you've been before. So hopefully we've got more than just two women under 53 at trials. Um, you know, and if we have four under 53 and a couple of them are 52, five or better, you, you, then you're, you're getting into the end of that, right? We may not have anybody go 51 on a flat start. Um, but I certainly think we're capable. We have the talent, that's for sure. Mm, mm. Um, you know, I think we're capable of having a handful of 51 relay splits. So, you know, just got to put it together and get focused and, you know, just, you know, get there. Um, and, I, and I think we can, you know. Yeah. But, but again, we've all, we got to do it all at once, all at the same time. Yeah. Mate, uh, another compliment here, but, you know, what, one of the things that I think that makes you great and, and has uh, allowed you to be super successful over the past few years is not the fact that you can get people to swim fast. I think we've, most coaches around the world can get somebody to swim fast. What what you're doing well and what's separating you is you're getting a group of people to swim fast and somehow work together. Now, I've, I've had a sprint group in the past that that's had – um, some success, but but I knew that the biggest challenge was not what you saw on the outside. The biggest challenge was, was what was going on on the inside. And, and you've got personalities that you have to deal with, right? So like I've been on your pool deck and I've seen some of the talent you got walking around and everyone would think, oh, wow, he's so lucky. But the management of the talent that you have and the way that you do it, I think separates you. So um, am I right in that? It, it, it's it's kind of the balancing act between trying to get everybody to hit at the right time together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think I agree. I think getting somebody to swim fast is the easy part. Um, you know, just managing the needs of everybody because right. the, the needs of everybody are very different, right? Like the training needs are very different. Um, like Claire Curzan, Kay Douglas, Gretchen Walsh, Alex Walsh, you know, Maxine Parker, they're all, 
all their need training needs are mm -hmm. different. They need to train differently. Um, but they're also personalities are very different. Emotionally, they're very different. So, you know, and that's just five people I've named, right? We have, yeah. we have 65. So, right. um, I think managing, you know, different personalities, different emotions, um, you know, day to day is that that's the challenge, but I love that. Like, I love challenges, you know, when COVID hit in 20, you know, we got back to training in the fall of 2020, it was like, all right, well, it is what it is. The whole country's dealing with the whole world's dealing with it let's see if we can it's a it's just a new challenge a different challenge let's see if we can attack and, and be more successful in this challenge than other people are so um you know managing our athletes and their personalities and their emotions both men and women um it, it's just a challenge and fortunately i also have a very good staff and a, and a big staff to help with that um because i'm not necessarily coaching everybody every every day but that that is that is the biggest challenge and that is what is when you're at the at the end of the day when you get home you're emotionally drained because mm -hmm. like i can stand like being on the deck that's physical right mm -hmm. um i can take twenty thousand steps a day and be totally fine it's mm -hmm. you know it's the energy you're putting into every individual it's the, the energy you're putting into their emotions um whether it's a great day or a bad day you know it's you're you're putting a lot into them just to make sure that everybody's in a good place when they leave at the end of the day, which is yeah. certainly a challenge and we're successful some days and other days we're not, <laughs> but hopefully, yeah. hopefully your, your, your successful days outnumber your not so successful days. Yeah. Let's t tell me about a couple of your, your studs that I'm, I'm really interested in. And I know a lot of people are, and I think, um, really hold the key to USA's success next year as well in Paris, I think. So the first one is just, Kate Douglas, tell me about her. I mean, to, to on the outside looking in, she she's phenomenal, right? Like she's she just so aquatic in the water and she she can do everything. Um, but you know, I, I don't know much about her. So, so tell us about Kate Douglas. Um, Kate, you know, I don't know how to explain Kate. Um, she's she's hard to explain. She's a complex human being. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Kate, she's just the type of person that like, if she wants to do something, I've said this before, but if she wants to do something, she's going to do it. And she's going to do it at a very, very high level. Um, and if she's enjoying it, it's, it's going to be at an even higher level. If she doesn't want to do something, it ain't, she's not doing it. And, and it's, there's no like just doing it and being okay at it. Right. You know, it was like the 200 I am for a couple of years. Like she didn't want to do it. So she just didn't do it. Um, and, and had she tried it, it wouldn't have been good. And so she's just like, I'm just not going to do it. Um, whereas when she does want to do it, it's, it's amazing. So, but that's her, you know, her life is that way. You know, when she was a, a first or second year, she was majoring in, in one particular subject and didn't like it and didn't do so hot in one class. I was like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to go do statistics and <laughs> did, you know, then enjoyed it and liked it and said, said, I'm going to do it and did it really well. And now she's in grad school for it. So it's not just swimming. It's like, that's just her personality. And that's just her, that's the way she approaches life um she's in, she's insanely tough on herself um she expects to be world class every single practice every single day and if she's not she beats herself up which is you know um that's the perfectionist um it, and I, I imagine most high level elite athletes are that way regardless of the sport um you know so you know she wants to be the best and you know i think she's the type of athlete that you know long term you know i know there was this random funny stuff going around about her retiring after Paris. Mm, right. um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I think, I do think she's the type of person that 
if she's not going to be on the top, she's not going to, she won't keep going. Right. Like she's not going to be just keep going to get seconds and thirds. Mm, yeah. Well, and I don't think that, um, I don't think any of us see that either, you know, in terms of the fact that she, she's just going to rack up seconds. And thirds. She looks like a winner. Like every time she gets in the pool, she looks like a winner, but, um, she finds a way, right. It's, it's yeah. uncanny. Right. Right. Oh, she, I mean, she's, she's just, she's gifted, but she's tough. Like you said. So in terms of the hundred freestyle, you know, that maybe a lot of the U S hopes hang on her and a couple of other people, but certainly if she makes her mind up to swim that hundred free, the U S is in a good spot because now you've got a, a competitive animal who wants to win. But like you said, if she doesn't want to do it, then she's not doing it. So, so why didn't she swim at, at U S open like the, the hundred free? I think she just kind of got through the second day. We talked about it after finals. Um, and I think she just wanted to have a little bit more of a fresh 200 breaststroke because she very rarely gets a fresh 200 breaststroke because the hunter free has always been in front of it, right? At worlds this summer right. and at trials, uh, well, at trial, she didn't have to do that, but or, no, she didn't. Um, but at Worlds, you know, all three prelim semis and finals, the Hunter Free was in front of the 200 breaststroke. Um, you know, next year at, at the Olympics and at trials, it's going to be the same thing. Although she's lucky because the Hunter Free starts a day before it. So she only has to do it twice. Um, that she'll have the Hunter Free before the Hunter Free final will be before the 200 breaststroke semifinal, but then she'll have a fresh 200 breaststroke the next day. So I think it was more just like I haven't done a 200 breaststroke straight up with nothing in front of it in so long. Mm. Just kind of wanted to, you know, wanted to do that. Um, yeah. I think she feels confident in her hunter freestyle, um, you know, and, and how to race it, how to swim it. And I think she just wants, you know, wanted to have a little bit more like, all right, I haven't done a 200 breaststroke without a hundred free in front of it. I'm going to get that chance at trials and, and at, at the Olympics. So I want to test that out a little bit more as well. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, Gretchen Walsh. So I did some clinics in Australia just recently. And every time I did a, a clinic, I was talking about keeping their armpits dry as they come over. And then somehow I found this photo of Gretchen where she's, she's up here and she's in this position, her armpits like totally out of the water. And she's like, she just looks phenomenal, like perfect technique. So um just just an incredible athlete Gretchen as well huh yeah yeah she is um you know and I think Gretchen has you know one of the biggest upsides out of any anybody I've seen and still currently to this day um I think that you know she had a little lull at least in the hunter free long course um you know from when she won junior worlds you know till now and, and she didn't go a best time for three years and she finally did this past summer um, and so I think like, she's just kind of scratching the surface and I'm not saying she's going to go 50 point or 51 or something crazy this year. Um, I'm just saying that she's got a lot of, a lot of room for improvement. And part of that is also confidence. She's just, she's gaining confidence as she goes. And this past summer gave her a lot this fall. She's been phenomenal. So, um, you know, she's, she's, she just has a lot of potential, um, to continue to get a lot better. Um, and I think that's the thing about the U S American women right now. It, it's, it's kind of a young group, right? You know, none of them, like you got Claire Curzan and Kate Douglas and Gretchen Walsh and Tori Husk, and they're all 21 years or younger. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're pretty young, but they're also kind of somewhat young to the international long course stage. And I know that a lot of them were at the Olympics in 21, but that's only two years ago. And that was their first big, senior team, you know, trip. Um, and, and so, and, and a lot of them are young to the hunter freestyle as well. And so I think like 
that group along with, you know, some of our veterans have a really good chance to, to that's why I'm confident that we have a good opportunity this summer to kind of narrow that gap. Um, but Gretchen, you know, she's, she's fun. Um, she's fun to coach. She's a great personality. Um, you know, we've got a great relationship. She trusts what we do. She works really hard. Um, she's, as most people have seen, at least in competition, she, she throws down some nasty swims in, in season in a practice suit. Um, and she does that pretty much every day in practice as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you very rarely get an athlete like that, that can do those kinds of things in, you know, every single day. Um, but it's also a challenge for her because she knows that she can do that every day. So she doesn't get a day off. You know, there's like no like, well, I'm going to kind of go easy today because, you know, it's it, I think that's a challenge for her because the expectation, the baseline for her is so high, you know, and to try to match that every day, day after day is a challenge for her. And, and that's her kind of training challenge. So um, but, you know, she's definitely a great athlete, got a ton of room for improvement. I think she's excited. I think she's more excited this year to make some changes technically with her starts, you know, her stroke. Than, than she has, at least since I've had her in the last two and a half years. Um, so, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see how that all pans out for her, but yeah. He's an exciting and I gotta be honest with you, like with the times they throw down sometimes, I get them mixed up, you know, so that, you know, one of them swims 20 point and then the next one swims 20 point. I'm like, hang on, was that Gretchen or was that, you know, Kate or, you know, so I'm like, who, who did what? Like, I'm like, they, hang on. They got two people swimming that fast. Like what on earth is happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. It's been wild. That's for sure. I don't know. That's, I don't know that. I don't know that a sprint duo combo, like the two yeah. of them will ever come around again. Right. Like, I don't yeah, know that. Yeah. Well, there's only been four women that have ever gone under 21 in the short course, 53, four total. Yeah. And we had two of them at the same time, you know, so I don't, yeah. it'll probably be a long time before that kind of combo comes along again. So how do you manage that then? So you got two these two freak women talents, you know, throwing down phenomenal times in the same event, which is just nuts. But how then do you manage that? Where where, you know, how often are they up against each other in practice? How do you manage like when one swims fast, the other one's watching her, and you know all that kind of stuff? I think it motivates them a little bit, you know, when when they do it. Oftentimes they like they go together, so they don't necessarily know what the other one's doing, like you know, one doesn't go and then they see the time, then the other mm. one goes. Sometimes they do. But I think that like, you know, if we're doing a long course practice and they're in the same lane and, you know, we're doing hundreds and Kate comes in at 102 and Gretchen comes in at 101, 10 seconds after her, I think Kate's like, all right, I need to step up my game uh, and vice mm. versa. Um, you know, last year, which was Kate's final year of collegiate competition, you know, I, I said something to them. I can't remember if it was at the beginning of last season or, or two seasons ago, but I said something to them about like, I don't, if, you know, I don't want to pit you guys against each other. I don't want to put you up against each other every single day and every single practice. I was like, best case scenario, we do that because if you have the ability, the opportunity to race potentially the number one or number and or number two, whichever one you want to call yourself athlete every single day in practice and push yourselves and race each other, it's only going to elevate both of you. But if there's ever a time where you need a break from that, let me know. And they kind of embraced it and they were like, we know we know it's good for for us to do it, so we're gonna do it. And you know they went at it. You know most days. Um, you know, not I would like a lot of days. I wouldn't say most days because um, Kate was doing breaststroke a lot and Gretchen doesn't, and Gretchen was doing backstroke a lot and Kate doesn't. So like it was it was mainly freestyle. 
um, you know, where they would do that. And so it wasn't nine practices a week. It was maybe three or four, um, but they really pushed each other and elevated um, pretty dramatically from that. So, um, but they kind of embraced it. And I think that in, in the team environment here where it's like, you know, we want to go one, two in a 53 and we don't care which, who gets first, who gets second. I know they care a little bit, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's points for the team and it's big points for the team. And so I think that they didn't let it, bo- whoever won or got second, didn't let it bother them, you know. Um, you know, and then, of course, last year, Kate's won the IM instead of the 53. So it didn't matter as much anyway. So with that said, right, and this is me again, you can tell me to shut up, but um, with that with that type of speed and that type of talent and you've you've got girls going 51 in the 100 free like couldn't and shouldn't you think that those two should be capable of going 51 oh yeah yeah, yeah. well kate's already well kate split 51 this summer um right. Right. and that was after a 200 im so mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive uh, i think honestly i think that was her most impressive swim this entire summer was anchoring I was, was a four by 100 free relay. Um, and it was right after the semifinal of 200 IM. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so yeah, so yes, I agree. I think that both of them are capable and talented enough to be 51 freestylers, at least from a swing, if not from a flat start. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, certainly they're a long way away from that, right? Like Kate's 52, five Gretchen's 53, one. Um, you know, I, 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 certainly think that they are definitely capable talented enough they, they've got the potential to be 51 freestylers they've just got to continue to figure it out um you know figure out how to swim the race you know it's also on me to figure out how to train them to get to that um and certainly we're doing some things differently i think this year to, to help that out but um yeah i mean to answer your question yes i think they are capable of 51s let me say i am not saying they're going to go 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know i think they could and but that might not be this year that might be two years from now it might be three years from now it, it might be this year who knows um but i think they're capable former swimmers looking for a way to give back to the sport in new york city reach out to imagine swimming since 2002 they've been the premier learn to swim school with international and american staff including olympic champions Anthony Irvin and Eric Vent. Imagine Swimming offers infant to adult classes, plus competitive team options, water polo, and an artistic swimming club coached by an Olympic silver medalist. With flagship locations across Manhattan and Brooklyn, Imagine is always looking for the next generation of swimmers to pass on their knowledge and passion for swimming. Do you, you know, with the pressure of um, winning another championship, you know, going going for your four in a row, which is which is ludicrous. It's crazy, but it's awesome. Um, and then the pressure of being the head coach of an Olympic team, you know, do you do you feel this pressure of having to spend more time and emphasis on long course swimming, or are you are you guys going to stay focused on short course up until the end of March? No, we're definitely focusing on long course, um, and we always do. Um, you know, we have every year because at the end of the day, long course is definitely, you know, international success has been our priority. Um, but again, you kind of have to balance it for sure, because with a team of 60, you know, the, the long course or the international success aspirations are, you know, a minority on the team. Um, and so you got to balance it a little bit. So, um, we always focus on long course, typically once we get into like 
early February, we'll transition and, and put a little bit more into short course just as we prepare for NCAAs. Um, yeah, but we're definitely doing more long course training this year than we have in the past. Um, you know, I think last year we were on at most going like two practices per week, long course through the fall. And this year we've been doing more than double that. Um, so we certainly are, are focusing a little bit more on long course and, and also long course racing. Like last year we didn't go to us open or any meets in the fall long course. And we had a pretty big group go this year. Um, we'll take a handful to the pros from series in Knoxville in January. Um, you know, so we'll race a lot more long course as well throughout the season. But, you know, I've always kind of said that like the NCAA season, I think allows us this great, uh, reprieve from the focus of the Olympic trials or the Olympics. Not that it's not a focus, but it's a, to me, it's a positive distraction towards that. Right. Because if, all you're thinking about every day, all day is making the Olympics. It could wear on you. Um, and the NCAA season, I think for us, allows us to, um, you know, as a coach, I'm focused on preparing workouts and training and getting them ready to, to be their best long course. Um, and they're going to get in and do the, the training and the practices to the best of their ability, knowing that our coaching staff is setting them up to be successful in June and July. Um, but I don't necessarily want them thinking about that every single day, right? Like, let's think about, you know, going best time short course. Let's think about trying to contend for a national championship at NCAAs and allow that to motivate you to work really hard, right? If you allow the team goal to, to motivate you to be excited and have fun and work really hard because we want to try to win another national title. And if I can get better in my short course races, then I'm also, I am, I am also, that's going to translate to long course. If I'm getting better short course, I'm going to get better long course and vice versa. So, you know, we, we, as a coach are putting a huge emphasis on long course and being prepared in June and July, but as an athlete, I don't want them. I don't want them thinking about it too much. Just yeah. when I give you this set, work really hard on it. It's long course. You know why we're doing it, but don't worry about, you know, don't don't put too much pressure on yourself for that right now. Just focus on getting better as, as much as you can and be motivated. And whatever motivates you, allow that to motivate you. Yeah. You guys picked up uh Clay at Curzon, um this season. Um are, are you do you feel like your your team is is better, you know, now than they were last year when you guys won, or is it equal or how are you feeling about the team? Well, we won't have Claire. Claire's not eligible this year. Okay. Um, so she she won't race for our college team until next next season um okay. yeah you know it's interesting i think that i was actually just thinking about this yesterday i think that um i had a meeting with our women's team captains and started thinking a little bit but um over the last couple of years or six years since i've been here this is my seventh season so every year it's been the team goal has been let's try to be better than we were last year mm -hmm. so individually can you be better than you were last year right you want to improve you want to go best times um and how do you get to that and then as a team can we score more points at accs than we did last year can we score more points at ncaa's than we did last year and and take a little bit of pressure off of winning um you know and so that's kind of been our goal and i actually told our captain female captains yesterday i'm like i don't think we, we can't necessarily have that goal anymore right because you know after the last three years that we've had um, scoring more points at an ACC or an NCAA championship isn't necessarily, it's going to fluctuate, right? Like year to right. year, it's going to fluctuate how many points you score. So I don't want to go into the, you know, this year and say, 
hey, let's score more points than we did last year. And if we don't, it's a failure because it's not necessarily. Um, so, so I, you know, I don't know that our team is, I mean, certainly we graduate, you know, we graduated Kate, which is a huge hit to any team. But the way I look at it, again, it's another challenge, right? Um, when you have seniors graduate and you've got points to that, that you lose and you've got to make those points up, it's a challenge to go do that. And I look at, I think the success of, of a program it, to me is based on, do you have those types of athletes graduating every year? And if you have somebody that, you know, scored 60 points in NCAAs and, and a senior class that scored hundred points in NCAAs graduating every year, then things have gone really, really well. And, you know, they've had a great experience. They've improved, you know, they've done a great job. And, and as a coaching staff and a team, we've done a great job. So um, I don't know if we're, I don't know that I don't know if we're a better team than last year or a worse team than last year. We're a, certainly a, a really different team than last year. Um, but, you know, I think that everybody's excited and, you know, I think we're in a really good place and, um, you know, it's just, it's just going to be different. Yeah. What, what about you, man? Um, in terms of the success you've had as a program and a coach, do you feel people have become more open to you or have, have isolated you more, the more that you're winning? What do you mean people? Well, I guess, I guess coaches, like we're, we're in, we're in the coaching world, right? Like, so, you know, there, there's certainly people that want to know what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then there are others who, um, you know, initially want you to succeed. And then the more you have success, they're more like, hang on, we want him to stop succeeding, you know? So like, yeah. have you felt, yeah. have you felt an isolation as you get, more successful? Not, not so much. Um, I think that honestly, I've probably felt more acceptance, um, and, and from certain individuals, you know, and I think a lot of that is just because of the, uh, the opportunity to build relationships because it, you know, from a college perspective, I don't have the opportunity to, you know, like when I get to a meet, I'm not necessarily all that interested in talking to a bunch of different people. Um, right. I'm focused on the team. You know, I want to, I want to get, you know, NCAAs is a big meet, right? I'm not going to like roam the deck and talk to 45 coaches and, and I'm kind of in with the team and out, in with the team and out. Um, mm. And so I don't necessarily have those opportunities at those kinds of meets to build. And even if you are going to talk to some coaches, you're going to talk to them for five or 10 minutes and say hi, and that's it, right? You're not really building a relationship or getting right. anything out of it. Um, but since Tokyo, and, you know, Anthony and I roomed together at the Olympics. And, and so we built a, what I would consider, hopefully he would do a great relationship. Um, and then, you know, in Budapest in 20, in the next, the next summer, he and I were the head coaches together and got to bond even more, but also um, Carol was there, you know, Capitani from Texas and Greg Meehan, um, you know, um, and, and, you know, a handful of other coaches. And we, I feel like we really bonded. We spent a ton of time together. We talked a lot. Um, so I feel like over the last, you know, since Tokyo and even more so since Budapest in 22 have, you know, even, even more, you know, had a, had a good relationship. So I feel like I could call Greg Meehan up and say, Hey, what are you doing? What's new? I could, you know, Anthony and I have had those kind of talks. Um, he's asked me about sprint training and, and things like that. And I've asked him about, you know, distance training and stuff. And so I don't know that at least from that perspective, and it's a small group, um, Honestly, like the relationships I've built in, in the coaching community have been, you know, like I, I really value it and they've been pretty special. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity, to, especially to go to Budapest and be around those people because they're great people and great coaches. And, you know, they, they 
hopefully I treat them well and, and they've been good to me too. So it's yeah. been really good. Yeah. I, I brought that up because, um, you know, a good friend of mine, I just spent uh, an afternoon with him and caught up Dean Boxall down in Australia. And um, a couple of days later, he told me that the, the pool deck was closed. I wasn't, I wasn't invited in, you know, and, and, um, and I understood it, you know, like I understand that everybody wants to see what he's doing and how he's doing it. And we're in the lead up to Paris. So in terms of, your pool deck and how you're running it have you ever thought that yourself of like i'm just going to close off for a little while and not have any cameras come in or anything like that no i'm not too worried about it um <laughs> you know i i i want to talk to dean <laughs> but he won't respond to me <laughs> everybody does yeah i do too um no i mean I think the only reason I probably would close off things would be more so just, you know, to limit distractions than, than anything else. Right. Um, you know, it wouldn't be because I don't want to share or, or anything like that. Um, but most of the time when we've had people come in, whether it's to observe or to do a, a video or film or something like that, it hasn't been a distraction. And I, I honestly, again, I, 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 I think it's a positive distraction. Like, you know, cause, cause practice is practice every day, every day. It's the same. Right. Um, you know, I think having a camera crew come in for two days just mixes things up and, you know, get some excitement going. And, and mm. it's, it's a positive distraction. It's not taking away from what we're trying to do. Um, so, you know, but from a sharing perspective, I'm not too worried about, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share anything and everything. Um, yeah. We just had championship productions come in and I think they're going to do another, you know, a, another video series. So awesome. I'm not like it's fine, you know. Um, <laughs> It's fine until it gets to be a, too big of a distraction. Right, right. <clears throat> um, I, I also got to spend a couple of days with Cam McAvoy, and and what I'm seeing there, um, it kind of kind of you know highlights this shirt that I'm talking about here, the Sprint Revolution. But in terms of what he's doing, he's getting very specific with swimming as fast as possible. You know, he he wants to be the fastest man in water in the world, which he already is, but he wants to take that to another level again. You know, we're, and, and I think for him, talking at, a, at another level is talking about world records and swimming faster than anyone's humanly swum in the past. So it's like this, this guy is just locked in on speed and speed only. Do you, uh, do you ever see a, a situation where you would do that with any of your athletes or do you see, an, you know, do you see it developing in that, in that sense where we're focused on just maybe the 50 freestyle uh, for men and maybe even women? Yeah, I mean, I'd... Yes and no. I'd love to do that, um, you know, or have an opportunity to do that. I just don't have the athletes that necessarily need that right now, you know, with, with, you know, men and women, you know, the NCAA perspective, I don't need a guy or a girl that can only do a 50 free or only wants right. to do a 50 free, right? Like right. I need you for relays. You're going to have to swim 10 events at NCAAs over three days. You've got to be conditioned to do that. Right. So, you know, obviously we've, we, you know, Matt Brown said, for example, is the second fastest, sprinter in, in our in ACC history behind Ryan held in both the 50 and the hundred free. Um, but you know, he's got to swim two fifties, two one hundreds, two 100 backstrokes and four relays in three days. So at some level, he's got to be conditioned to make it from Wednesday night to Saturday night and, and be good all the way, all the way through. Right. Um, and, and same for the women. So uh, at least right now, I don't have the, the need and necessity to, to do that. Um, but if I had like, if I had Cam, I would do the same thing. And, and Tim Lane, you know, who's coaching him is a good buddy of mine. Um, mm -hmm. I coached him at UNCW when he was swimming in college. Um, right. 
so we go way back and and he and i have had plenty of discussions and he sends me videos you know and and um toss around ideas and things like that all the time so and i think that's awesome i would do that too i mean you know cam's a little older i think you know when, when you're and and he probably could i'm sure he could do a great hundred too but you know if your goal is to do what he's doing then i don't know why you wouldn't why you would do anything that would take away from that right and aerobic training's probably going to take away from that for him um you know but i look at like aggression wallace or k douglas and i'm like you know five years from now when you're 26, 25, you know, maybe that's the route you go. Maybe it's all about the 50 and we go and try to break a world record, you know, because neither of them have focused solely on that, um, you know, but they, they still swim pretty fast without being solely focused on, you know, developing as much speed and power in a 50 as they possibly could. So I would be interested and intrigued to see how that would play out, um, you know, but it'll be it'll be a while probably before at least I have an athlete like that. And a lot of that is also because, you know, I don't have any pros and I, Kate Douglas is our first real pro and but she came through our program. Right. And so I'm still kind of young when it comes to being a head coach relative to the rest of the country. And so, you know, as our current athletes, student athletes graduate and want to continue on in their swimming careers, our pro group will will grow a little bit. Um, and I think that their training might morph a little bit into more specific type things. And for Kate Douglas, it's just not right now because she's got to train for a 200 IM. She's got to train for a 200 breaststroke. She's got to train for a 100 freestyle. We'll dabble a little bit with the 50 free. Um, so can't get too specific. Um, but yeah. certainly like, I'm down to do that when the time comes and, and there's a need for that. Yeah, I'm a and I, and I I'll say, I will say I'm a big fan of cams. Mm. Um, mm. I don't believe I've ever met him, but way back, you know, when he, his first go around, when he was like 21, five and 47, and he was also like 144, 145 and that's 200. I have a, I think I still have it, a great underwater video of him swimming the 50 free. And I continue to this day to use that and show people like, this is what you want to look like underwater, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, listen, man, I'm with you completely. And, and, and all those things I agree with, you know, I, I like the fact that you said, I'd love to try it and I'd love to go specific with it. And I think, I think the thing that, you know, I'm really liking about what Cam is doing right now is that he is, it seems to me that he's creating separation with the world. You know, he won the world title by half a second. Now, now you've got the likes of Caleb coming back and obviously guys are going to improve, but you know, you even talked about how nobody in the U.S. is really specifically training for the 50 freestyle. Now, it's not to say that there's any guarantee that that will, will give you ultimate success. But what I'm seeing with Cam and the knowledge that he has and the time and effort he's putting into learning and, and trying to swim hundreds of seconds faster and he's getting there and he's, he's making improvements. I, I honestly don't see anybody beating him. I just, uh, because nobody's training for it and he is. And, and I just, I don't see how anyone gets up on the block and legitimately says, I'm, I'm guaranteed to beat this guy. It's more of a crapshoot. Like, and, and yeah. I, I don't think the 53 is a crapshoot. I never think that, you know, like, you know, Gretchen or, or, or Kate are going to win based on the training and the talent and the, and the, and the work that they've put in. And I think the same thing for Cam, right? So like when I'm looking at this 53 next year in Paris, I don't see anybody beating him. Yeah. I mean, was he 21 Oh, this past summer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the world records, 20.9. Um, yeah. I mean, well, right. And, and 
you know, at least in the last year or so, I, I mean, what, what's the second fastest time in the world? 21-4? Yeah, 21-4 maybe, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he doesn't need to he, he doesn't need to improve much, if any, really. If he just goes to 21-0 again, there's a very good chance he wins. Yeah. Um, and I know, obviously, breaking that 21-second barrier would be, you know, uh, you know, a, a big goal and, and, you know, something to celebrate for sure. I would celebrate it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't see, it's obviously not hurting him to train that way. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's locked into a, to, you know, fine. And I think you have to, right. Like you don't go 20.9 on a whim, you know, and Hey, let's just see how it goes. Um, right, right. You go, you don't do that going 20, you don't go 21. Oh, doing that. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to put a lot of, lot into it, a lot of details into it. And, and maybe it takes, just focusing on the 50 to do that um you know especially now without the suits that you know isn't that world record from the super suit era yeah yeah 2009 yeah so um you know especially now without that you've got it's it, it you've got to be locked in and you got to have you know got to be really focused on the technical aspect of it to get that one or two or three hundreds or whatever it might be so um you know i don't i don't see I don't see a detriment to what he's doing by any means. Um, and if I, if I, you know, if I were solely a 50 freestyler and that was my best chance at a medal at the Olympics, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question in terms of building speed and power, because your, your women are just phenomenal. How, how do you go about building speed and power? Um, well, obviously the weight room is a, is a big component of that. Um, you know, because, the start and the, the start and the turn, at least in short course with the turn is they're crucial. Um, if you can come off the wall with, you know, a little bit more force or come off the block with a little bit more force, then you're automatically going faster. And so that's, that's crucial. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big part of our development of, of the speed and power. Um, you know, and aside from that, uh, you know, we obviously, we just do a lot of resistance training in the pool. Um, and I think it seems, sounds like that's something that cam is, really, yeah. you know, implemented in his program that wasn't done before, right. um, you know, but we're doing some sort of resistance training pretty much every day, um, whether it's, you know, upper body focused or lower body focused or a combination or it's power racks or parachutes or drag socks or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, I, I try to do, you know, so even when we're doing back end speed stuff, I'll try to have a strength component, you know, involved in it. So mm -hmm. rather than going 2050s on a minute and a half, you know, back end speed, right. um, which I, which I, I rarely do. Um, we do that one, we do, we do actually do that set once a year and that's it. But rather than doing that, I most often will, will do, we'll do something that's equivalent, equivalent of that, but, we'll put drag socks on or we'll put a parachute on and we'll go, you know, four times, you know, kick out and 15 cycles, max effort with, with drag socks on a minute and a half and then take the drag sock off and go 50 fast. That's equivalent of five fifties all out. Right. Um, but we're just focusing on 15 cycles, not your time. You're we're focusing on technique, power, uh, speed, you know, with the drag socks in a certain stroke count where 15 strokes, you know, is about a 50, you know, for a butterfly, um, you know, with the kick out. So it's relative, right? We're, we're doing the same thing, but rather than doing 
550s all out, we're going four with with drag socks and then 150 where you're focused on the full, like the full 50, your stroke count, your kick counts and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, it's just some, some component of resistance basically every day. We individualize training in the pool. So why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Hey guys, I've been trialing some revolutionary new swim tech, and now you can get your hands on it too. This is EO Swim Better, a swimming evolution in the palm of your hands. Improve your technique with EO Swim Better. Analyze your stroke technique with EO's Swim Better handset. Go to eolab.com, use code BRETT at checkout and save 10%. I understand building resistance and putting that in your, in your training. How then, once you've got it established and they're, and they're using it, how then do you incorporate that into a taper phase, right? Like how, how much resistance are you doing in taper and then how much gym and then when do you, when do you stop it? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we keep we'll keep resistance in all the way through caper, but it's just it's just a, a miniature amount of it, right? So I think our taper training mimics and mirrors our in-season training. It's just less. So for example, today we're we're gonna go, we're working, we're gonna work on the 50 freestyle, and we're part of it's gonna be 16 efforts on the power racks on a minute and a half. And we've gone up to 20 efforts and, and right now we're doing 16. And so during, and so 16 on a minute and a half. So for the men, that's a lot. Um, in taper, we might do four on three minutes. Mm. So we're still doing it. We're just going to, but it's going to be heavy, right? We're going to, we're going to do a lot less of it on a lot more rest. So, you know, I don't like to change what we're doing during taper compared to, cause that's what they're used to. Um, so, so we'll still do it, but it'll be less. And same thing in the weight room. We'll still do the weight room, but it'll be less rather than doing, you know, 12 different exercises in the weight room, we'll bring it down to three or four. And rather than doing 20 total reps of those three or four, it might be five, you know, it, we're going to might be like a warm up set and, you know, four reps of one, you know, four times one rep or something like that. Um, and then when we drop weights entirely is diff just is going to vary per person. Um, you know, it could be three weeks, it could be three days. Um, right. just kind of depends. <clears throat> Let me ask you this question. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in slow swimming with technique, good aerobic, slow swimming with technique. And then, you know, you've got your different speeds, you've got your top end speed for your 50, you've got your front end speeds for your hundred and then your back end speed. So training those speeds is important, but then there's kind of everything else in the middle, um, that, you know, is, is kind of things that we used in the past fairly frequently, like your, your threshold training, your VO2 max type stuff, like how, how much of that stuff are you still using or not? Um, it depends. I, it depends on the athlete and you know, what we're focused on. Um, 
I would say uh, not much, generally speaking, not much right. of that at all. Um, you know, like for our guys, we, you know, we're either going, we're either cruising um, with good technique and certain stroke counts and working, yep. you know, details and yep. effic efficiency, or we're going like, you know, hundred speed max yep. effort, um, you know, or even, you know, 50 speed. Um, you know, we got a couple of guys that might do a 200 free. So we, you know, they may throw a, you know, a 200 speed type workout in, but, right. um, you know, rarely are they going, you know, it's just a big jump between cruising and going like, you know, 26 is long course in fifties, you know, at 200 race pace or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the women may be a little bit more up, uh, probably a little bit more of that, what, you know, would you consider threshold, uh, but not a lot. Um, they, you know, out we'll do the, the women are doing very similar things to the men, but I might throw like, again, for example, today, the women are going to do a 50 freestyle workout. The men and women are both going to do the same 50 freestyle workout, except for the first 2000 warm up ish is going to be pretty different. The women are going to go three, three hundreds, three, two hundreds, three, one hundreds, basically threshold. And the guys are going to go in an equivalent thing, but they're going to go with 300 of drilling, you know, some, they're going to go a 300 of drilling, some 25s of more drilling, and then a strong yeah. hundred. And they're going to do right. like three or four rounds of that. So like their warmups are going to be different just because, you know, the women, you know, I think they benefit from that. Um, but then they're going to come together and do the, the 16 efforts of power racks all together, the, the drills, the power drills and things like that. So, but again, it's like that we might do that with the women twice a week. So like literally a total of maybe 5,000 yards or meters per week of that. And again, right. this is just the sprinters. This isn't, this isn't like, you know, this is the Gretchen Walsh's and, you know, um, Kate Douglas yeah. and, yeah, I call that kind of soft yardage in a way, right? Like it's just soft yeah. yardage. And and the reason, I guess, people people that don't fully understand the reason why would you separate men and women, I think, is is the men just hold a little bit more muscle mass. Is that's kind of the way I look at it? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and I've I've also like I kind of I try to take the approach at some level that I don't want to dull the knife, right? And too much of that type of stuff, the threshold, I think dulls for men in particular, dulls right. the knife. Right. Um, we have a motto here. I, I preach the staff all the time, protect their speed. So there's a fine line between doing too much aerobic that's going to take away from their speed, uh, especially for the men. Um, and so, you know, try not to do too much of that stuff and take away from your speed. And also like the men in the sprint group, very few, if any of them are going to do a 200 at all. Um, they're doing the fifties, the 50 free, the hundred free, hundred a stroke. So the need for them to have more aerobic base and capacity is zero because they're not going to swim for more than 45 seconds. Right. Um, the women, on the other hand, a lot of them are doing two hundreds, you know, and in particular Kate's doing a 200 IM and a 200 breaststroke and Gretchen doesn't necessarily swim the 200, but she can, I mean, she just proved it at the mid season invite. Um, but you know, I take a similar approach to with the women. I don't necessarily want to dull the knife, but I think that they can handle physiologically some of that threshold um, and it doesn't dull their knife. Um, in fact, sometimes it actually sharpens the knife. So um, something that honestly that we're dabbling in a little bit more this year, um, in particular for somebody like Gretchen, where like she didn't have any, she didn't have a problem getting out fast and hunter free, you know, her, her and I don't want to call it a problem because she still went 53-1, but you know, she goes out just as fast as anybody in the world. I think she was out in 25 one this past summer. So, 
you know, if we can get her back in, you know, 27, two or three, then we're looking at a 52, three, 52, four, which is, which is very different. Yeah. Tell, tell me this, um, kind of heading towards the end of this now I've, I've had you for an hour. I appreciate your time, mate. Um, what's the influence on Ken Ono? Like what, what's, what's this, the story there and what, and how much influence does he have on the program? Um, well, influence, I think influence and impact are, and impact are two different things, right? right. Um, influence zero, um, impact. Definitely. There's an impact. Um, you know, he's, it, it, he just has the ability with the, the data and, and the tools that he's developed to, to give us information that we would not have otherwise, and that you can't see with the naked eye. Um, and, you know, and it, but I think the best thing about him is he's really good at translating the information and the data, because if he just handed me a report with a bunch of data, I would have no idea what it is or what it means or what it's telling me. Um, he's, he's knows swimming well enough to, to be able to say, here's the data. This is what it means. And this is, and this is what it's showing. And then obviously we have a great underwater camera system that will link it up to the specific point in time that he's talking about. So not only can we, the, we, the data shows it, but we, we've got a video or a, a still picture that confirms it. Um, when you say data, what, what kind of data are you talking about? He, he has a sensor that he connects to the athletes and it's like on a belt. So the sensor sits at the small of their back and they do a quick test. They might do like two fifties all out on two minutes or something like that. Um, and it collects, I only know this because of him, you know, like 512 data points every second. Mm. So it's everything from how much force you're pushing off the wall with how much, if you're doing a, a short course 50 and you flip and, and, and push off the wall, like how much force are you putting into the wall versus how much force are you putting out and how much force you lose between the two? You know, how much, if you do eight dolphin kicks, how much force is each dolphin kick, um, you know, generating, are you losing force as you go? Is your kick, your, your amplitude too big? Is it too small? Um, and then obviously, you know, different things with the stroke we've done tests where, Hey, do this 25 all out and breathe every breathe only to the right and do this one and breathe only to the left. Let's see which side is, is more beneficial, mm. more efficient for you. Um, you know, different, just different things like that. Um, something that he, you know, we looked at with Kate a couple of years ago and her breaststroke was, you know, something that he found. And it was that when she would finish her kick, you know, if, if anybody knows Kate Douglas, her breaststroke is so long and she rides her line so well, but she was, taking forever to get her feet when she finished her kick her feet would go down and it would take forever for them to kind of come back up and get in a good line mm. so she was creating drag you know so we worked a lot on finishing her kick and getting into that line as quick as possible um you know and, and a lot of times the data that he gives us you know only confirms what we were thinking which is great mm -hmm. because i hey I, I think this i need to focus on this can you test it so you can confirm it and it gives us confirmation that that is something we want to look at. And, and we were, we were, you know, we're not complete idiots as coaches. Um, and then other times it's, Hey, you know, he's, he's giving us things that we didn't know. Um, you know, the, before Tokyo, before Olympic trials in 21, he was doing a lot of work with Paige and Paige Madden. And, and it wasn't even a technical thing. It was, you know, she was going to focus on the 200 free because we get six spots and the, the chances of making the Olympic team are greater there than, than in other races. Um, she wasn't even going to race the 400 free. And then it was like, all right, because the 400 free was the day before the 200 free at trials. And so 
she was like, all right, I'll race the 400 free just in prelims to get into the meet. But if I happen to make it back, I'm going to scratch it. And Ono was like, all along was like, and it wasn't even a technical thing. It was more like watching her stroke and being like, you need to swim the 400 free. You can go 403. And she, you know, she made the final and ended up swimming in the final and ended up making the team. <coughs> she got second to Katie Ledecky at trials and then makes the Olympic final and goes 403. <laughs> so, you know, so he definitely has an impact. Um, it's great to have, you know, I don't know that anybody else in the country has something like him, um, at least readily available to do anything we want to do anytime. He's coming over tomorrow afternoon. We're going to run some tests and do some, some interesting things. So um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, a benefit. Yeah, that's cool, man. I love it. Um, you, you said you don't have a pro team. You must have a lot of people, you know, beating down your door to get in. Is there a specific reason why you don't have a pro team? Do you say no to a lot of people? No. Um, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I think I've gotten a reputation of not wanting pros. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not opposed to having pros. Um, I think that again, like our, our college team is our pro team, right? We have, I don't know, to eight or 10 U S national team members mm. on our college team. Um, we have Amy Canny, who's, uh, you know, an Olympian from South Africa. Um, you know, so like there's, I have enough to, to help, um, you know, and I just, I think that when, a, when a pro comes from the outside, I think it takes time for them to, they just have different ideas of what they need to be doing. Right. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes a challenge, um, you know, with somebody like Kate Douglas, who's came through our program for four years. She knows what we do. She knows it works. She's bought into it. She's confident in it. And she's not necessarily going to question what we're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, but, I, but like, I, I just don't, if, if I have a pro, it takes away from the college team, you know, like it's yeah. going to take, like, I like having Kate here takes away from the college team. I think about Kate when I write a workout and that means I'm not thinking about the college team when I, you know, so any, any single minute I think about a pro, I'm not thinking about the college team, which like university of Virginia pays me. So that's my job. Mm -hmm. um, so any, you know, any pro is, is, you know, or any time I spend, it, you know, focusing on that takes away from the college team. And, and so at the end of the day, I don't like, I don't want to get to the point where my college team ever suffers because I've got 15 pros that I'm focused on. Um, yeah. not to mention I have a beautiful wife and two children and I don't want like, you know, focusing on, cause, cause I'm never going to allow, like if I had pros or a lot of them, I wouldn't allow the time I put into them to take away from the college team. So right. well, it's right. going to take away from somewhere, which, which probably means it's going to take away from my home life and my family life. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. you know, if I spend five more minutes in the office, writing a bunch of workouts for pros that's five minutes. I won't be at home with my family. Um, yeah. so, and, and we're already as a coach and everybody knows this as a coach, you're already away a lot. And so like, I'm not opposed to it by any means. Um, I'm just not like out there recruiting them and I'm not out there like, you know, hunting them and, and doing that. You know, I am happy with where we're at. Um, you know, our college teams kicking ass, um, you know, I, I'm going to put everything I can into them every day. And certainly, you know, somebody like Kate Douglas, who came through our program and did a lot for our program and invested in our program, 
you know, I having her stick around is for me, like I'm, I want to continue to help her. She's helped me. She's helped our team. I'm going to continue to help her as long as she wants it. Um, you know, and having one person or even five people isn't necessarily, you know, I don't know that that will take that much away from the college team, but um, it's just kind of how it's worked out. Yeah. And well, listen, man, for your sanity, keep it that way. You, you, you're on the right path. (laughs) Trust me on that. Um, Yeah. All right. I almost forgot about this question. Last question. I think I I actually think I asked you this in the last podcast a couple of years ago that we did together because it, it came up then Eddie had announced that he was retiring and I asked you back then, you know, you were close to Eddie at that time. And I said, you know, is there any thought of going to Texas? Guess what? Eddie's retiring again. We're doing a podcast again. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> any thought of taking over from Eddie Reese? No, you know, um, I think that professionally, you know, my goals ever since 2016 and 2015 with Ryan Hell making the team, like that was a great experience. And with NC state and, and having, you know, relays winning NCAAs and things like that. Like for me, what I want to get out of my, this profession is being surrounded by athletes and coaches and administration that value, you know, success and, um, you know, success on the NCAA level and, and ha- being around athletes in a team that can contend for national championships and mm. being around athletes that can contend for Olympic spots. And, you know, so like we're doing that here. I don't need necessarily need to go anywhere else to, to go do that. Um, and, and so, and then from a personal level, like Charlottesville is amazing. I love it here. Um, I'm a small town guy. I, I grew up, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town. Um, not that Charlottesville is super small, but it, but it is relative to a lot of other places. My yeah. family loves it here. My kids love it here. So I don't feel like, you know, I don't, I don't feel the need to do that. And, and now our men are, taking a massive step forward as well. So, you know, I'm even more sort of excited for the future here now than ever because of the fact that, you know, I think in the next five years, we're going to have the ability to be, you know, on comparable levels for both men and women. And that's going to be tons of fun. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, listen, I appreciate your time. Um, I see some people active in the house back there. So get, get back with your family, man. I appreciate the, the hour that you spent with us, mate. Yeah, man. My pleasure, dude. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, listen, good luck over the next uh, 10 months, man. A lot on your plate, but uh, we're all rooting for you, okay? Thanks, Brett. Cheers, mate. Bye.